Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Let's just give Jesus the biggest shout that you can give him. Come on. Hello. Come on. I think we heard that all the way to America, all the way to Chicago. Got friends there, Detroit, Florida, uh, all over the all over the world. I uh, just want to say a big, giant welcome to you. It's so good to have you online. It's so good to have real people in the house. Uh, give somebody, if you hear a, a high elbow, and if you're somewhere else, give them a high elbow in your living rooms, and uh, then you guys can all take your seats. So good to be here. I'm just pumped about what God's doing. Well, you can take your seats. Thank you, amazing worship team. You guys are truly an inspiration. Uh, so good. Well, I've got, uh, we're just in a series that we started last week called All Things New. Everybody say that after me. All Things. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, let me hear you in Chicago, in Detroit. You can, All Things New. All right. I think you believe that. So I'm just pumped about this morning's message. It's just been resonating in my heart. And what really kicked it off was, uh, we haven't come out of COVID, so I'm not saying that, but we're at least back here at church uh, on the Sunshine Coast, because as far as I know, just, it's a good problem. There's just no cases of COVID virus uh, here on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, the hospitals aren't full of people with that. We just thank God, and wherever you're watching, that's probably not the case where you're at. Even uh, here in Australia, there's been new outbreaks uh, of, of the virus in other states and, and, and cities. And we're just so thankful that, uh, that we get to have church live here in person. And, and uh, I don't want to ever take that for granted again. Like, like worshiping with real people in an auditorium is just an amazing uh, thing. And when it's taken away, uh, I, I, sometimes we don't know what we have until it's gone. Have you ever noticed that? Until it's taken away. Then you realize, wow, you know, what we had was pretty amazing. And now that we don't have it anymore, uh, I really miss it. And so I really have missed everybody. And, and thinking about all things new, what really came to me was the fact that uh, we have a chance here or an opportunity here on the Sunshine Coast at City Church to treat this next season almost as if it were the new year. So I see July the 1st, we've come out of this uh, COVID uh, virus lockdown. We can have church live. Uh, I see that almost as January the 1st. It's a chance for us to reset some things and, and to you know, make some resolutions, if you will, have a revolution, which I think is better than a resolution. Sometimes that's needed. Sometimes you got to overthrow some old to get on with the new. And, and so all things new really is exactly that. It's a chance for us to reset our mindsets, perhaps uh, some things that need to be renewed. The Bible talks a lot about the renewing of the mind, and we're going to look at that in this series. 
Uh, I believe it's a chance for new relationships to be developed because there's a lot of new people uh, that are discovering church online through our live streaming. Perhaps you're one of those, and, and you've, you've had church taken to your living room now. You've never been to church. This is the closest you've gotten. And I want to say uh, what a chance it is to make new relationships new ways of thinking, uh, new opportunities. There are a lot of things that, that we can walk into and step into. I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, verse 17. And I'll first read it out of the uh, New King James Version, and, and then uh, we'll look at the NIV. Uh, that won't come up, however. So it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... Now, <laughs> Uh, if you're in anyone, you have that chance to be in Christ. That means that you've asked him into your heart, and I really invite you to do that. Uh, you'll have an opportunity before this service is finished to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. But if you've already done that, you're at anyone. That's not a somebody special, only exclusive club. It's a anyone, if anyone is in Christ. Aren't you thankful that you can be at anyone? Even if, you, even if the world and people don't see you as anything, you are at anyone. If anyone is in Christ, here we go, he or she is a new creation. That word creation or new rather, it means uh, as if it never existed, a creation that never before ever existed. That's you. And uh, all things have passed away. Woo! I, I love that. Like when I got born again, I got born again. I didn't get, the old guy didn't come out of the grave. I was, uh, I, I, I got born again as if, uh, you know, I never ever lived. The old is gone. The new is here. And then it says this, behold, or look, or see. And we're going to look at some things that we are to see this morning. Behold, all things have become new. I mean, all is a pretty, we're, we're supposed to not use altruisms, you know. Uh, you don't say everything or you don't say always, uh, you know. You don't say never say never. Uh, there's certain words you just don't say that much because there's always exceptions. There's no exception to this one. Behold, all things have become new. I love the fact that it's all things have, past tense. It means it's not going to happen it's already a done deal. Behold or look, all things have already become new. I like the fact that I can step into that. So therefore, what is it that's stopping us? Well, we're going to look at that. I like the NIV. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, not going to, the old has gone, the new is here. Right now, there's something new. Well, all things new, what, what would that look like? Think about this. If you had brand new thinking that's available to you, the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. You can renew your, your, your thought life. If you had brand new thinking and it lined up with God's thinking or the mind of Christ, what would you think like? What, what does all things new look like or sound like or think like? What does it mean for relationships? Sometimes, you know, I, I know when I got out of uh, Detroit 
and uh, quite a nasty background. I'm not going to give my testimony this morning, but you know, I had a lot of toxic friends. I was I was on a one-way ticket, probably to prison. To be honest, if I got caught with uh, some of the things that I was up to, and some of my friends that are, that are online know what I'm talking about. You were you were you were in there like a dirty shirt. So don't look at me all pious through your television set. And, uh, you know, we, I, was on, I was really not on a good course in life, but when all things became new, some of my old friends had to go. Some of my, not just my old thinking, but, you know, I flushed a whole lot of dope down the toilet. Things had to change. My identity changed. Therefore, because who I was was different, what I did was totally different. Think about all things new from a, a standpoint of generosity. All things new. If you were stingy before you got born again, guess what? You got a chance to step into a new you and a new generosity. Think about opportunities that are abounding right now. We're talking about all things new. Old has passed away. When I look at all things, I mean, I think about everything. I think about the opportunities now that I have because of the Spirit of God and because, you know, His eyes are, are my eyes. I think about uh, a new way of living, which most of us have experienced. I think about the energy. Woo! My goodness. You want some energy, you know, get born again. Get God on the inside of you. You will have so much energy. Nobody's going to hold you down. My hands can't stay down during a worship service. My hands just go up in the air. People go, oh, do you have to lift up hands? I can't stop myself. I remember one time after I got saved and I was in a corporate meeting, a big, a big meeting, and I got so caught up and I'm worshiping. I don't know what song was, you know, and I'm doing this without even realizing it. And then they said, open your eyes. And I looked and I'm staring at the person behind me. I'd done a whole circle. I got so caught up worshiping God because all things have become new, new ideas. I've never had so many ideas in my life since I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. They just, they just keep flooding in. Sometimes I'm like, God, no more. Please, no more ideas. I can't, I can't do all this stuff that you've given me. It's so much. I think about new understanding. I understand things differently. Look, new is new, old is old. Now, I want you to look uh, with me in Mark 2 and 21. And listen to what Jesus says about this whole idea of, of new and old. Jesus says this. He says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk, or you could put in there new cloth, unshrunk cloth. No one puts a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wine skins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wine skins. What is he saying? The old and the new are not going to grow together. You got to get rid of one. Have you ever done a clean out of your wardrobe? Have you ever done like a big garage clean out? We're due for one right now. It's like, Oh, there's bags of shoes. You know, I think I'm worse than Imelda Marcos. If you remember her, she had like a huge shoe collection. And I'm out there looking at all these shoes. Uh, some of these shoes that I bought, 
because they were, they were on sale. They were such a bargain. You ever been there before? It's like, I can't believe how cheap these, these Nike shoes are in New York. Look at this, you know. These would be at least $50, $100 back home, and they're on sale for $5. Got to have that. So, you know, we go to uh, Nordstrom's Rack every time we go to New York City, and it's all brand-name stuff, but, you know, it's just so cheap. And we're walking out of there. It's like, are we going to take the subway with these bags? Like, how in the heck are we going to get this stuff back to the flat? And then how are we going to get it on the plane? Like, we're going to be way, way overweight. And uh, Gail and I have this ongoing discussion, otherwise known as an argument. Uh, and it's like, uh, I'm going to take some empty suitcases when we go back there because we're, we are going to go shopping. We know that. We're going to fill them up. No, we don't need to do that. I'm just going to take one suitcase. I'm like, you know what happens? Every time we go back there, we end up buying suitcases because we didn't take any empty suitcases with us. And you know we're going to go shopping. No, I'm not, I don't need anything. I'm not going to buy anything. So we're in you know, Nordstrom's Rack or any of those stores. And next thing, she's got the trolley. It's like boom, boom, boom. Next thing, it's like that. I'm thinking, well, how are you going to get back? Well, you've got some extra room in your suitcase. So, you know, we'll just put it in your suitcase. I'm like, no, you're not having my suitcase. We, we talked about this before we left the house, and you wouldn't bring an extra suitcase. And anyway, <laughs> but, you know, new is new. And sometimes we just got to stop and think, what is it that I'm doing right now or thinking right now or relationships right now or whatever, whatever, whatever that is truly old and it's holding me back? I remember re reading one time uh, about the advent of, uh, of the organ in churches. And it was the, um, it was the uh, Salvation Army and, 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 and William Booth and his wife that uh, first introduced the organ into church worship. And there was an article that I read from way back in the, in the day, I think it was the 1800s something, and, and it said, you know, uh, organ in church, like it was a, a new phenomenon. When we got an organ given us when we started City Church, first thing I did was sell that decrepit old thing and get a piano, for goodness sakes. Uh, I remember when uh, drums were first, you know, started to come into churches. It was like the devil has arrived. Drums, it's like something new. Ah, the piano. Ah, when they translated the Bible out of Latin into English. You know, William Tyndale, he got burned at the stake in London for that. Like, it, they, they just resisted. People just resist anything new. Have you ever noticed that? Whenever something new comes in, it's like, oh, no, no, no. We don't want to do that. We don't want pianos. We don't want the Bible in everybody's language. The devil doesn't want the Bible in everybody's language because then people can read it and they can know what God's will is. And so he resists that by convincing people that the old is actually better than the new. I got news for you. The old is not better than the new. Anything new that's coming in, especially if it's of God, it says all things are of God. You know, you are not going to take the old unshrunk, uh, you're not going to take the, the, the old wine and put it into a new wineskin, otherwise it's going to blow the wineskin apart. You can't take your new ideas and the new things that God's given you, and you can't, you can't put those things uh, on the cloth or it's going to pull the cloth apart. No, you've got to sew the patch with the, uh, the, 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 the garment has to be, the old garment has to get rid of, you've got to get rid of stuff out of your wardrobe. Now, I like the fact that God gives us ways 
to embrace the new and to get the new. And one of those things, what will it take to bring something new? Well, the good news is this. It's not your talent that's going to bring something new. So you can all go, oh, good, because I'm not that talented. <laughs> it's not your gifting that's going to bring something new. And you can say, good, because you might not think you're that gifted. It's not even your charisma. You think, I'm not that charismatic. If that's what it's going to take to bring something new, then I'm out of the race. Chill out. Your charisma, your talent, your gifting, your character, all of your success that you've accumulated, probably those things would actually hold you back. So what is it then that uh, is required? What does it take for us to truly see something new in our lives? Well, I just got a few things here, and they all begin with see. You have to see it. Everybody say, see it. I've got to see it. Okay. So Jesus said this. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That word see means perceive. And the first thing that uh, I, I want to give you this morning is this, that you need to see God in your situation. Whatever, whatever your situation is, God has probably challenged you, challenging you to get into something new, but you have to see that he's in it. God is, be aware that God is in it. Now, sometimes we don't see God, and we're not talking about physically seeing God physically, because it says no man have, has seen God at any time. If you looked at God, you'd burn up, like seriously, he is light. Your eyes would just fry. Uh, his, his hinder parts, even uh, Moses said, I want to see you. And God said, okay, I'm just going to let you see just my but the back of me, and he, and he let him see just that little bit. And, and Moses came down off the mountain, and he was glowing just from that little bit. No, it's perceiving God in our situation. And so to perceive God, you need to purify your heart. Let God purge out of your heart any bitterness, any unforgiveness that's there. In fact, the Bible says this. It says, whatever's not of faith is sin. In other words, if you don't see God in it, you're not walking by faith, then you're, you're going to miss the mark in life. You're not going to embrace the new if you're holding on to the old and God is calling you forward to take a step in, the right, in his direction. If you don't perceive that because you're not pure in heart, you've got impurities called sin, which just means hamarte in the Greek. It just means you've missed the mark. If you're not walking forward in God and pure in heart, then you're not going to perceive God in your situation. How beautiful is it to have Jesus in your life? You know, when I, when I got saved, I, my eyes were just like, it was like I'd been blind for sure, or, or maybe sometimes seeing shadows or a black and white picture. But when Christ came into my life, my eyes were open. And it was like, wow, this is like, this is beautiful. The, the mountains became beautiful. The trees, the nature, people became beautiful. I started to see things the way God sees things, and my walk started to be purified, and the more that I got rid of the impurities and the blockages, the more my eyes were open to all things being new and all things being beautiful because I saw God in my situation. And so to do that, to, to do something new, you've got to see God. You've got to Get the pure, impure things, get them out of the way, and start to perceive that God's in your situation. Second thing, if you're taking notes, to see things all, all new in your life, see what God says. Now that does not make sense. 
You, you would probably say, Pastor Ed, you must have made a mistake there. You mean hear what God says. No, see what God says. See what God says. Habakkuk chapter 1, we're just going to look at 3 and 5. And, and, uh, and here is the prophet, and he's looking at the beauty of God, and all of a sudden God makes him see something ugly for his own good. And so he says to the prophet, uh, the prophet says to God, why do you make me look at injustice? Good question. Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Isn't that a good question? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. The Lord's answer, verse 5, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I'm about I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe. Even if you were told, I will stand my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look, and here we go, I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am, I am to give to this complaint. See, <laughs> We need sometimes to look at the problem but realize that God, God only wants you to glance at the problem, the injustice and all the bad stuff that's going on in the world today. And look, it's everywhere. It's on every screen. It's like podcasts. It's like every, everywhere you look, it's like there's injustice. That's not right. That shouldn't be. That's not fair. What about these people? What about these children? What about, what about poverty? What about, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And God says, look at this injustice, but get ready because I'm about to do something. Have a look at these nations because I am about to do something that if it were told to you, you would not believe it. God is about to do something in this world. I'm telling you, yeah. He is about to do something in this world. And if you look at that injustice and you just get all upset about it, then you're not acknowledging God in the situation. God is in the situation. God's on a throne. He didn't get off his throne just because of the world problems, the coronavirus or whatever else is going on. It didn't catch God by surprise. God is on a throne and he says, now you watch. You have a look at what's going on, but don't get discouraged. Don't just get trapped in the old. Have a look because right now, have a look with my eyes, the eyes of faith, because right now I am doing something that if it were told to you, you would not believe it. I was talking to uh, somebody not that long ago, uh, probably last week actually, and I said, uh, you know, in January, you know, the beginning of 2020, if somebody would have said, the stuff that's going on right now was going to happen, I would have, I would have said, no way. You, you're mad. Like if somebody would have prophesied that, that the whole world, all the, all the world's economies were going to be, you know, under such pressure and some shutdown, people were going to be in lockdown and, you know, all the stuff that you're experiencing all over the world right now, and I mean all over the world. If, if, if somebody would have told me, hey, you know what, in three months, somewhere in March, there's something that's coming that's going to shut everything down. Nobody's going to be flying uh, internationally. You know, loved ones are going to be separated by the big oceans. There's, there's, there's going to be uh, economies that are going to be rocked and, and people are going to die, all the rest of it. I, I would have gone, no, <laughs> you know, well, that's not going to happen. You fancy that. That is so far-fetched. That's in the negative. 
That's what's going on uh, with evil and bad things. Think about what God's going to do from the throne room through his people if they line up with his vision and begin to start to see what he says and see God in the situation. Who would have ever believed that we would be reaching people right now that are watching in their living rooms and some people that would never ever experience the goodness of God and coming to church or hearing a message or hearing it right now because God is doing something. Who would have ever believe that and then the then the lord replied i love this habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 and then the lord replied write down the revelation write down the good thing that god's doing and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it i like the message bible of this listen to what this says same verse it says write it in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. We are, we are on the run. God is moving. I don't have time to sit still and contemplate the old or lament the past or even look at all the junk that's going on right now and get all down about it. God, God is showing us something amazing. We are on the run. Put that vision in big block letters because you, you're only going to get to glance at it as you're running. You're not going to be able to sit there and ponder and contemplate God is doing something now in this age, in this world, in this time that is so fast that God is in it, my friend. You just got to see it. See God in there. For the revelation awaits, it says, verse 3, for the appointed time, it speaks to the end and it will not prove false. Everything that God said. It's going to happen. Everything that God says is, and wrote about, it's going to happen. Though it linger, just wait for it. It will certainly come and will not be delayed. Now, I think it's so important for us to have bigger dreams and bigger visions now than ever before. Why? Because there's bigger problems now and, and, and bigger trouble now, and the world needs big, big solutions, which means God's people have to rise up and hear what God is saying to them and then see it. You know, it says to see what he will say. Do you know that God gave you an imagination? Oh, you're not going to step into that ground. I'm stepping into it right now. Because you are made in the image of God. You've got an imagination. You have an image machine on the inside of you. You have the ability to see what God is saying in his word. You have the ability to picture something that God has shown you. You have the ability to see God movies, God flicks, if you will, on the back of your eyelids, and God will show you what he wants to do in, his, in the future of this nation and this world and solutions and people to be reached. You've just got to turn that camera on, and it happens through your mind's eye called your imagination. You begin to see what God is saying. It is so important that we line up our imagination with the Word of God and let the images that God would give us in instead of just binging on all the other junk. You know, I don't even watch hardly any news at all, to be honest with you. Uh, I'll have a look at what's going on quickly, just a glance, because uh, I like to be aware of current affairs. But, you know, some people, seriously, you know, I remember uh, um, some friends of ours back in America uh, years and years ago when CNN first came in, they would sit in their living room all day long watching CNN. And it, they just didn't want to miss anything. You know, and then, then, you know, the music would come. 
newsflash, you know, something new. And it wasn't really a big deal, but it would, oh, we can't go. We got to sit there. We got to watch more of, of the misery that's going on in the world. We just have to feed ourselves on that. And so, you know, their imaginations became dark and clouded and, and the whole world, this world is going to hell. Because you're watching the wrong thing. Uh, you know, get the Word of God playing uh, on, your, on your projector and start to see what God will show you, what He is saying to you. It's amazing the opportunities that are out there. It's abounding the opportunities that are out there. God's just looking for one man or woman that would say, yes, I, I, I'm going to look at that God. I'm going to receive that. I'm going to let that play instead of Netflix or CNN or whatever it is. God, I'm going to step into that. It will not prove false. I like what John 5 says, Jesus gave him his hands. Verily, verily, I tell you, the Son of God could do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. Look, if he didn't see, if he didn't look what the Father was doing, he wouldn't have done anything. If he looked at the Roman government and all the bad stuff that was going on in Rome and all the persecution and the evil and the orgies and the, you know, everything that, that Rome represented, if he was fixated on that, then he would not have done anything. All the miracles that Jesus did. He said, I do it because I see my father doing it. How did he see the father doing it? He went to prayer, meditation, turned on his divine imagination and started to look at creativity and started to see what does my father want to do in this world? What does God want to do through you. I know we're flying on this, but, uh, you know, get this stuff down. Let God show you something new. If your imagination is a canvas, then God wants to paint something. He seriously wants His Holy Spirit to take His brush and start to paint something amazing on the canvas of your imagination in your life. Question, what are you going to let Him paint? What is he painting right now? Because the Holy Spirit's not dipping his brush in a bunch of black paint and going, you're all going to die. <laughs> you know, the devil wins. Sorry, guys, I lost. It's not going to happen. Your imagination is limitless. You never see that movie Limitless? The guy takes something and it makes his you know, mind expand and everything else. Well, the Holy Spirit is not a drug. The Holy Spirit has so much power to illuminate. Do you get that? To, to light you up. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Don't just be a reflection and certainly don't be a black hole sucking all the light out of other people. Be a lamp into this world. God will light you up from the inside out so that you are glowing when you walk through the mall or through the town or through the, out of the restaurant or wherever you go, especially in church. Come on, saints. People go, oh, I don't know about all that enthusiasm. Well, be a light. You can't help it. Seriously, you're either a light or you're a dark hole. One of the two. I know what I choose to be a light in this world. Number three, if you're taking notes, how do we get a new thing happening? See God in yourself and in others. Now here's the bad news. I've been giving you a lot of good news. This isn't really bad news, but it's sobering news. And it's this. <laughs> no one can make you do what you don't want to do, and no one can make you who you don't want to be. You know, you will be whoever you really want to be. Oh, there goes all the cheering out of the auditorium right now. 
Oh, oh but, but you don't understand, I'm a victim. And no, you're not a victim. It's all self-inflicted. You're becoming who you really want to become. So am I. Nobody can make you be who you don't want to really be. Nobody can make you do what you don't really want to do. You will be who you want to be. You're becoming who you choose to become. So the big question is this. Who do you want to be? <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, come on. So if you don't see God in yourself and you don't see God in other people, in other words, if you don't have faith that God's at work in you and, and, and recreating and calling you into something new and you're going to gravitate toward the old, the old ways of thinking through doubt and unbelief, that's why Israel wandered 40 stinking years in the wilderness. They got out of Egypt. You know, a lot of us, oh, I was baptized, you know, born again, woo, 1978. Woo, man, what have you done since then? Well, not a lot. I've kind of gone around and around and around. Are you stepping into your promised land that was called Canaan? Are you crossing your Jordan? Are you going to step in there and kill those giants? Are you going to shrink back and look at those giants from a distance? You know, oh, yes, they're big. Yeah, they're still there. They are still going to be there until you step across into the promised land, something new, and kill those stinking giants, my friend. you got to take them down. You've got to see yourself. Uh, as God inside-minded and see God working in other people. Nobody can make you do this. Nobody. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be generous? Well, then drop that stingy act because you're stingy. If you're stingy, you're stingy because you want to be stingy. That's, that's all there is. That's just calling it like it is. I can't help that. Uh, who do you want to be? You want to be fun to be around? You know why? If you're a deadbeat, you're not fun to be around because you really don't want to be fun to be around. You, you want to be a deadbeat. Uh, you want to be wise? Then be wise. Step into God's Word. Step in and start to see God in your world. Start to draw upon uh, the wisdom of God. It's out there, friends. Wisdom cries in the streets, Proverbs says. Wisdom is like a woman. She's crying in the streets. Somebody, please, receive me. Now I'm too busy having my pity party, my victim mentality, being who I really want to be. And the theme song that we should sing this morning for some is this, I did it my way. Oh, come on. Mr. Crosby, you want to be kind? Then be kind. You've got the power to be kind. You want to be gentle? Be gentle. You want to be loving? Be loving. You've got the power. You want to be forgiving? Be forgiving. God doesn't point out your ugliness, and he's not pointing somebody else's ugliness out. He has forgiven you, washed you clean. He said, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now get up off your victim pity party deathbed and get up there and do something new for goodness sakes you got a life don't suck the air up if you're gonna just do the old then die go ahead and go to go to heaven or wherever you're off to oh that's pretty pretty direct pastor Ed. i i think it is i kind of like being direct i think jesus was pretty direct you know come on see i never set out to be a pastor <laughs> you go I could tell. <laughs> See, some people want a, pa a pastor means a liar. He's just going to tell me what I want to hear. Oh, here, here. I don't blame you. Oh, if that happened to me, I'd, I'd fall apart too. I would never rise up. You know, I'm not a liar. 
Pastors aren't liars, hopefully. I only set out to follow Jesus. I never, ever had pastor in my brain, never, never darkened my brain. I never, ever thought I was called to ministry until I finally discovered I was called. I go, you got the wrong guy. Are you serious? Like me? Are you, you kidding? Like, wow. I only fell in love with Jesus. And I decided to follow him. In my thirst for God, I discovered who he wanted me to become. My, my desire to be safe and to fall back into the world that I knew it was a pull. It was like such a strong desire, but he wouldn't let me do that. He challenged me, don't stay there. I, I, I started to exchange rebels in my life for righteous role models in my life. And the, le- the light that God turned on started to become way more attractive than the darkness that I knew. And others became more important than self. Other people all of a sudden became a priority in my life. I wasn't consumed with me anymore. I, I, I was more so consumed, and my passion, it, it goes forward now. It's stronger than ever to see God move in your life and in other people's lives. This is so much not about me. It's so much about him, and, and, and that's what happens when you become a new creation in God. Number four, and we're about to close here, so I'll get the team to come back up. Number four, how do you see something new? Write this down. See your comfort as your enemy. What? But I want to be comfortable, Pastor Ed. That's, that's my goal in life, happiness and comfort. That is your enemy from doing something new. You've got to kill your comfort before your comfort kills you. Now you think this, okay. Your comfort right now is what's killing your creativity. Your comfort right now is killing your growth. Your comfort right now is what's killing your courage. Your comfort right now is killing your character. Your comfort right now is actually killing your life story. You've got to see comfort as an enemy, not not a friend. I'm talking pretty, I know this is a hard, straight message this morning, but, you know, get this. You've got to see that comfort is killing you. In fact, comfort will eventually kill your comfort. I'll give you an example. I could be comfortable at my age. I could be very comfortable, never exercise. I've got lots of excuses, uh, you know, lots of pains in the joints, all kinds of stuff going on there. I could be so comfortable and never do any kind of exercise at all. But you know what? That will eventually kill me. I could sit there just binging on Netflix on on the couch, hogging down, you know, hogging doss, and, and uh, chips and, and, and dips and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just every day, you know, do it every day. I don't need to get up and, and, and work out. I get up and work out because I know that if I, if I surrender to comfortable, it will kill me. And that's the same thing spiritual. You don't have to pray. You don't have to, you have to, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Are you a knucklehead? Like, seriously, what is wrong with you? Like, people that say that, I think, you got to be kidding. Yeah, but you know, it's so toxic. People offend me down there. You need to be offended so you can learn forgiveness. You need to. You need that in your life. You need challenge in your life. So you better get down to church so you can get offended and deal with some people, my friends. That's what it's all about. It's not your comfort. Your comfort is killing you. I remember down in Hobart. I'm going to close in a moment, but uh, you know, I preached down there back in the 80s. And there's a big bridge that goes over um, the river or the bay or whatever it is down there. And, uh, 
it's huge. It's like the Gateway Bridge here in Brisbane or the Coronado Bridge if you're in San Diego. And, and it goes way up and over. And uh, there was a ship back in the 70s that hit, that hit that bridge and knocked out a whole pile on a whole section of that bridge. And I believe it was either in the night or the wee hours of the morning. And uh, I remember somebody was telling me that the first, first person that saw that, he got he parked his car, he got out in the middle of the, of, the, of the highway on that bridge and was just trying to wave everybody down, like stop, stop. And people thought, what a, what a lunatic. And they, they swerved around him and, and seven cars, I believe it was, uh, went over that and fell to their death. You see, sometimes we just gotta say, hey, wait a minute. You know, your comfort is killing you. I know you don't believe it. You think you're mad. What kind of a what kind of person would say that? One that one that really cares. Stop! You're going the wrong way. You're gonna die. And, and, and God is calling us to, to be passionate in this world and to get over on the other side of our comfort. I think about Abraham and all the patriarchs and, and, and what they did and how, you know, it was very uncomfortable when God called Abraham the father of our faith. He says, you know, go out now, leave your country, leave everybody behind. He took Lot, big mistake. Get out of that place, get out of Ur. They're worshiping the moon, wrong move. Get out there, where am I going? I don't know. Where, where's God taking me? I don't know. I'm just searching for a city whose builder and maker is God. And he got out, and, and, and if you go and read Hebrews chapter 11, you'll see a whole bunch of people of faith that left behind the old, stepped into something new, got way out of their comfort zone, and pushed forward through lots and lots of hardship, lots and lots of obstacles, and God was able to do something totally new through faith in their life, and for us to read it and be challenged and be compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. What's our excuse? We need to run the race that's set before us, get out of comfortable, see what God wants you to see, and, and, and see what, hear what God is saying to you, and see what God is saying to you and see God in all of your situations. Well, I'm going to pray for you. We're out of time. You can give the Lord a praise clap if you want to. If you're here. Imagine if those people would have stayed and not went. We wouldn't have the, the, uh, the inspiration of scriptures. But imagine if you stay and you don't go. Somebody else is going to miss out big time. You need to go, be obedient. Father, I thank you right now for everyone that's listening. Lord, I thank you that we can do something totally new in you. I thank you, Lord, by faith, we can step out of comfort zones, of looking at problems and not seeing you in the problem. Father, I thank you right now that we can, by the power of your spirit, do something totally brand new. So I thank you right now for empowering every person that's listening or watching this right now, wherever you're at. I want you just to, you know, open your heart up right now because God wants to pour something into you. Be a risk taker in faith right now. Be willing to step out and do whatever it is that God is telling you to do, no matter how stupid it is. If it's God, God's calling you. If you don't do it, you'll be disobedient. You'll miss your destiny. Father, I thank you right now for that. People uh, that are listening, if you never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, this is real simple. I want you to listen to me. The difference between Jesus and religious stuff 
is D-O versus D-O-N-E. Jesus has already done it. You can't do it. Do is religion. D-O-N-E is what it means to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. It's a finished work. You can't add to it. It's just that simple. Just receive what he has already done when he went to the cross. If that's you right now, you've never done that, I'd like to pray for you right now. In fact, why don't we all pray together? If you're here, pray this out loud after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending your son. I thank you that it's already done. So Jesus, I ask you, come into my heart. Open my eyes so that all things are new. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd love to hear from you. So please, uh, our website will come up, city-church.com.au. Please contact us. Uh, let, let me know that you've given Jesus, uh, your life to Jesus, and let me know uh, what, what it is that you're going to step out in so I can get in agreement with you and we can pray that through together. Well, God bless you wherever you're at. Stay safe, stay sound, stay focused on Him, and we hope to see you next week as we continue our series, All Things New. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.